1: I will call upon you to do a service for me Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com Welcome to the family VDW Group, no purchase necessary where prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus With Lucky Land
0: Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine But we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that It's just these cash prizes add up quick So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright And start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Part 6, Chapter 3. The Voyages of Dr. Dolittle by Hugh Lofting. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. RECORDING BY PAT ELDER, SAN ANTONIO, FLORIDA, FEBRUARY, 2007 CHAPTER THREE THE RED MAN'S SCIENCE
1: "'Long Arrow!' cried the doctor. "'How splendid! Show him in, show him in at once. I am so glad,' he continued, turning to us as soon as the footman had gone. "'I've missed Long Arrow terribly. He's an awfully good man to have around, even if he doesn't talk much.' let me see it's five months now since he went off to brazil i'm so glad he's back safe he does take such tremendous chances with that canoe of his clever as he is it's no joke crossing a hundred miles of open sea in a twelve-foot canoe i wouldn't try it another knock and when the door swung open
0: in answer to the doctor's call there stood our big friend on the threshold a smile upon his strong bronze face behind him appeared two porters carrying loads done up in indian palm matting these when the first salutations were over long arrow ordered to lay their burdens down behold o kindly one he said i bring you as i promised my collection of plants which i had hidden in a cave in the andes these treasures represent the labors of my life the packages were opened and inside were many smaller packages and bundles Carefully, they were laid out in rows upon the table. It appeared at first a large but disappointing display. There were plants, flowers, fruits, leaves, roots, nuts, beans, honeys, gums, bark, seeds, bees, and a few kinds of insects. The study of plants, or botany as it is called, was a kind of natural history which had never interested me very much. I had considered it compared to the study of animals, a dull science. But as Long Arrow began taking up the various things in his collection, and explaining their qualities to us, I became more and more fascinated, and before he had done I was completely absorbed by the wonders of the vegetable kingdom which he had brought us so far. These, he said, taking up a little packet of big seeds, are what I have called laughing beans. "'What are they for?' asked Bumpo. "'To cause mirth,' said the Indian." Bumpo, while Long Arrow's back was turned, took three of the beans and swallowed them. "'Alas!' said the Indian, when he discovered what Bumpo had done. "'If he wished to try the powers of these seeds, he should have eaten no more than a quarter of a one. "'Let us hope that he does not die of laughter.' "'The beans' effect upon Bumpo was most extraordinary. First, he broke into a broad smile. "'Then he began to giggle.' finally he burst into such prolonged roars of hearty laughter that we had to carry him into the next room and put him to bed the doctor said afterwards that he would probably have died laughing if he had not had such a strong constitution all through the night he gurgled happily in his sleep and even when we woke him up the next morning he rolled out of bed still chuckling returning to the reception room We were shown some red roots which Long Arrow told us had the property, when made into a soup with sugar and salt, of causing people to dance with extraordinary speed and endurance. He asked us to try them, but we refused thanking him. After Bumpo's exposition, we were a little afraid of any more experiments for the present. There was no end to the curious and useful things that Long Arrow had collected, an oil from a vine which would make hair grow in one night an orange as big as a pumpkin, which he had raised in his own mountain garden in Peru, a black honey. He had brought the bees that made it, too, and the seeds of the flowers they fed on, which would put you to sleep just with a teaspoonful, and make you wake up fresh in the morning, a nut that made the voice beautiful for singing, a waterweed that stopped cuts from bleeding, a moss that cured snakebite, a lichen that prevented seasickness, the doctor of course was tremendously interested well into the early hours of the morning he was busy going over the articles on the table one by one listing their names and writing their properties and descriptions into
1: a notebook as long arrow dictated there are these things here steubens he said as he ended which in the hands of a skilled druggist will make a vast difference to the medicine and chemistry of the world I suspect that this sleeping honey by itself will take the place of half of the bad drugs we have had to use so far. Long Arrow has discovered a pharmacopoeia of his own. Miranda was right. He is a great naturalist. His name deserves to be placed beside Linnaeus. Some day I must get all these things to England. But when? He added sadly. Yes, that is the problem. When? End of chapter three, part
0: six, The Voyages of Dr. Doolittle by Hugh Lofting. This recording is in the public domain.